Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have taken a short break from our Bible series in Genesis for this 14-part series on New Testament given. We will return back to our Bible series in Genesis after this current series. Thank you. So we've been looking at the history of Titan, obviously, and what we have done is to look at Titan before the law, and that actually is what we have done. We have looked at Titan before the law, and we have looked at it in two ways. We have looked at Titan in ancient time, and we have looked at Titan through, during the time of the patriarchs. Then also we have started looking at Titan under the law. We have started looking at Titan under mosaic law and what we are trusting to do by the grace of god is to then move on to tithing in the new testament and we saw that under mosaic law god require that israel give two distinct type of tithe and we've looked at that previously one tithe was holy to god and that tithe was guarded by stiff regulation. But there was a second one that was not bound by such a rigid standard. It was consumed in a massive feast with the family at the temple of God. However, on the third year, instead of consuming this tithe in a feast at the tabernacle, it was to be laid up in their towns for the support of the poor and for the support of the less privileged. And that is what we have seen this two distinct type of titans. So three of them, but two of them is really collapsed into one. So it is now time for us to go to the New Testament, to go back to the New Testament and confront the elephant in the room. <laughs> what is the elephant in the room? Is <laughs> this question of tight in the New Testament. And I have to say, we have touched a couple of things, even as we were on this journey, we have touched a couple of things about tithe in the New Testament. So before we, you know, fall headlong into confronting this elephant in the room, there are two issues we need to address. So we need to lay those foundations that will help us to springboard us into the New Testament. So number one, there are still one or two issues we need to wrap up the Old Testament tithe under the Mosaic Law and then remind ourselves of some things we've already touched on in the New Testament and move smoothly as smooth as possible into the new testament now the question about titan under mosaic law that we still need to ask ourselves now we know it was an obligation under the old testament it was a law <laughs> it was a duty but this is the question what this law was this duty so ubiquitous so forceful so fearful so demanding so in your face that everybody tight under the Old Testament, that nobody dare not tight under the Old Testament. That question is very, very important as we move into the New Testament. I'm asking this question because oftentimes we create this misconception that tithing under the law was a fearful monster. You know, like kind of like God gave them as a carrot, but with a stick. At his sake. It's as if tithing in the Old Testament, remember under the Mosaic law, it's as if it was a system of coercion to induce desired result. The way we presented it is that like everyone in the Old Testament tithe perfectly, that they bring their tithe all the time according to the precept of the law out of fear rather than out of love of God of Israel. In other words, 
We present tithing under the Old Testament as a show, a necessary evil, a necessary inconvenience. They really did not have a choice in this thing. God said, bring the tithe, and they really don't have a choice because God is just like that mafia boss. You don't challenge him, you don't cross him, or else he's going to crush you. And oftentimes, that is the way we present tithe under the Old Testament. Oftentimes, tithe is preached under Moses as if it was a system practiced out of fear rather than out of love and gratitude for or out of worship of the God of Israel. And that is why we are taking time to ask this question today. We need to establish something very, very clearly. And we need to establish that. I need to go back and establish that. That titan is for and foremost, foremost a form of worship. Yes, even under Mosaic law, titan was first and foremost a form of worship even under Mosaic law. Now, as we have previously seen, the first reference of Titan in the Bible was the incident between Abram and Melchizedek. We saw that in Genesis chapter 14. We have dealt with it, so I'm not going to go back. But when you read that story again, here you will see that Abram tithe as an act of worship, as an act of thanks given to God for victory. I mean, he just had a handful of people to go and fight many, many, many powerful nation, and God gave him the victory. So Abraham's titan was actually an act of worship, an act of thanksgiving. It was an act of gratitude. He was not forced to do it. Melchizedek did not hold the proverbial gun to Abraham's head. No, Abraham was not threatened by fire and brimstone. He was not, in, he was not induced by fear. To give the tithe, Abraham gave that tithe as a free will offering. It was an act of worship. What about Jacob? What about Jacob? We read that in Genesis chapter 28. That was another, you know, we've gone through this, another record of tithe before Mosaic law. Again, when you read Genesis chapter 28, again, we look at that, that here again, Jacob's tithe was a free will expression of thanksgiving and praise to God for his protection, for his kindness. What about under Mosaic law? Was it any difference? The first thing we need to understand <laughs> is that in under Mosaic law, all matter of worship, which included tithe, obviously were regulated. Now we need to understand that. Okay, that the regulation that we see attached to tithe was not just for tithe. Under Mosaic law, all, matter, all matters, all matter of worship were regulated. But that does not make them any less worship. Now, we need to understand this. The fact that something is regulated, the, some, the fact that some, something has a boundary, the fact that there is a program, the fact that there is an order does not mean that it's not worship. Everything does not have to be spontaneous to be worship. And there's a whole lot of that going on today in the church. Everything does not have to, you know, does not have to be spontaneous to be worship. You can preach from a sermon note. You can sing from an hymn sheet. You can pray from a, a prayer book and it can still be worship. I'll say that again. You can preach for, from a sermon note. You can sing from an hymn sheet. You can pray from a prayer book. 
You can do all those things and it can still be worship. Obviously, the contrast is also true. You can be spontaneous. You can preach from a sermon note. You can sing from a hymn sheet. You can pray from a prayer book and not be worshiping. It's not about how or the, the method or the, 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 the forum is not about that. It's about whether we are doing it in the spirit. It is the spirit in which we do all these activities that makes them worship. Remember what the Lord Jesus told that woman by the, by the well? He said, God seek the true worshiper. The true worshiper will worship him in spirit and in truth. And it is such a worshiper that God is seeking. So what we see under Mosaic law is the same as we saw with Abraham and Jacob. So indeed, to tithe, like all matters of worship under Mosaic law, was laid down as the law. Yes, it was law. But the attitude of individual worship under Mosaic law that comes with their tithing was one of thanksgiving and worship. Under Mosaic law, the tithe was an offering of thanks given to Yahweh for his goodness, for his protection, for his provision. And it is, the, it is for the most part brought into the house of God to support the work of the kingdom. Also, we saw the spirit of rejoicing, the spirit of feasting as a community that is associated with some of this tithe. So what I'm saying is this, okay, and we, we, are, we are taking this step by step by step. That the first thing we need to understand is that tithe has always been a form of worship. It's an act of worship. Tithe is worship. Now, the question again, let's go back to that question. Haven't established that, that. The question again is, under the unyielding eyes of Mosaic law, did everyone in Israel tithe perfectly according to the law? All the time, because oftentimes that's the way we have presented. Remember, a carrot and a stick. This <laughs> monstrous beast that God is just, and everybody just have to make sure they tight. And that is the reason why we have come to Malachi. Let's read Malachi again. This time around, with a little bit of emphasis on some areas. Malachi chapter 3 from verses 7 to 12. I'm again reading from International Standard Version. Ever since the time of your ancestor, you have turned away from my decrees and haven't kept them. God says something was happening here. Return to me and I will return to you. In other words, this has to do with relationship. Now, I'm not going to go deeply into a lot of this thing because I'm going somewhere. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of the heavenly armies. But you ask, how will we return to you? Will a person rob God, yet you are robbing me? And you will see that word repeated a couple of times in these verses. He said, will you rob God? He said, you are robbing me. He said, they ask, how are we robbing you? He said, by tithe and offering. Then he said, you are cursed. Under the cause, the entire nation, remember that, the entire nation because you are robbing me. Let's go on to verse 10. Verse 10 is very important. He said, bring what? The entire, now that is very, very important and I have <laughs> underlined it. <laughs> Change the color. Bring the entire tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. 
So put me to the test right now, says the Lord of the heavenly army, and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven for you and pour out of your blessing without measure. I know I'm reading this again, but I'm doing it intentionally because we need to read these verses again because we have read it with a certain type of glasses on, verse 11. And I will prevent the devourer from harming you so that it does not destroy the crops of your hand, nor will the vine in your field drop the fruit, says the Lord of heavenly army, verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. You will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Now, there are a couple of things we could raise from these verses again. One of the reasons why I read it from a different translation is that we get used to reading this verse. We get used to them and we miss the whole point. So I decided I'm not going to read it from King James. I'll read it from ISV. Now, we are not doing an in-depth study on this verse. Just a few facts I want to raise from these verses that is relevant to what we're doing. The first important fact is that even under the law, not everyone brought the entire tithe into God's storehouse. I want you to allow that to sink in. Even under the law, under Mosaic law in the Old Testament, God is saying here that, you remember this is what God is talking here, that not everyone brings the entire tithe. You know, we've talked about different type of tithe. It's not everyone that brought the entire tithe into God's storehouse. Not even under Mosaic law. Now, they were obligated to do it. <laughs> it was their obligation. I'm saying this because these are some of the facts, these are some of the points that people try to use to argue against. The principle of tithe in the New Testament will get there. Look, in the Old Testament, it was a duty, it was an obligation, it was formalized, it was clear in the law. And therefore, their disobedience was tantamount to breaking the rule. God called it here, robbing me. So their disobedience was tantamount to crime. <laughs> they were robbers. They were robbing God. Yes, yes. But, but it was an obligation, it was a duty, it was formalized. But the point here is that they were not forced to do it. When you read these verses, these verses actually suggest that by the time of Malachi, it was widespread practice across the whole of Israel for people to default on their tight duty. And they were defaulting upon it. They were defaulting on it quite regularly. <laughs> I wonder whether this has something to do when we go to the New Testament. Why? the priesthood themselves begin to go beyond their boundary. If people are not doing what they needed to do to support the work, were the minister under stress to begin to add <laughs> unnecessarily? We'll come to that. But what I'm saying here is that when you read these verses in the book of Malachi, it is clear that it's suggesting that it's not, this was not just an occasional happening. It was clear here that it was a widespread practice across the nation for people to regularly default on their tight duty. Now, the problem I've had with people preaching today, with preachers today, when we, especially when we go to the book of Malachi to talk about tight, is that we are busy trying to misapply these verses to the church today that we totally miss the point that it's making. This Verses were written concerning peculiar people. 
and it's showing us something. The point is that even under the law, though tithe was an obligation, people still have to bring it willingly. And people can disobey, and people dis disobey, and people disobey on a big scale, even under the Old Testament. I will say that again. The point here is that even under the law of Moses, though tithe was an obligation, though tithe was a duty, people still have to bring it willingly. People still have to bring it willingly. And, and there's something more I want us to see before I close today. I want you to look at these verses again, please. And there's one thing that strikes me most. In, I mean, a couple of things struck me, but there's one thing that strikes me most. And it is one thing that is not written in these verses. And I'm going to close with this. It is what is not written in this verse or in these verses that struck me the most. God said as a nation, they robbed him. As a nation, they robbed him. And by the way, this was not just the people, but also the priest. This was not just in the case of tithe, but also in the case of offering. Let me read Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, again in ISV. A son honors his father and his servant his master. So if I'm a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of heavenly armies, to you priests who are despising my name. But you ask, how have we despised your name? By presenting defiled food on my altar. And you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? And when you sacrifice cripple or diseased animal, is that not wrong? Offer that to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? or receive you favorably, ask the Lord of the heavenly army. I mean, as you read this, you begin to see that this is almost a deja vu because we see a lot of this in the New Testament. We'll come to that. So I want you to see, by the way, that this was not just the people. It was also happening to the priest. This robbing of God was not just only about tithe. It was also about offering. But, but, but notice, notice something in this Malachi chapter 3 that we read. Notice what God did not do as a response to this daylight robbery against him by the whole nation of Israel in the time of Malachi. Notice what God did not do. Remember, remember what God did to Saul when Saul disobeyed in 1 Samuel chapter 15. What about Achan when he touched their costing in Joshua chapter 7? What about Uzzah when he touched the ark <laughs> because the ark moved and shifted, it didn't want it to fall, touched it, and it was killed instantaneously. Second Samuel chapter 6. And there are more examples I could give you. Much more example. Do you see how God in each one of these cases actively and grievously punished the offender? But in, in this area, you don't see that same reaction in Malachi. Now, to be clear, these verses establish that there were great repercussions for the nation for robbing God. That was clear. But it was the way it was expressed that is striking. It's as if God was saying. I mean, you would think that God will say, okay, you've not done this. I'm going to send fire upon you. I'm going to send, you know, your neighbor. They are going to come. They are going to destroy you. I'm going to... No, 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 no. When you read the book of Malachi, it's as if God was saying, I put it this way. It's as if God was saying, yes, you are robbing me, which is not nice. Now, this is me putting it in my own word. It's as if God was saying, you are robbing me, which is not nice. But actually, ultimately, you are really robbing yourself. 
you are really hurting yourselves more than you are hurting me. That was that was the dominion. That was the attitude. That was the way God said it. God was saying, look, yes, you are robbing me, but actually you are really, really hurting yourself. That by your act of robbery, you are hindering me from blessing you and from protecting you. You are causing yourself a lot of harm by robbing me. These repercussions are not act of God being vindictive, threatening them so that he can intimidate them to obey him. No, that's not what we see here. It was a simple fact of action and reaction. You put your hand in the fire, the fire will burn you. Let me put it another way. You see, it is more easy for people to break rule that they don't see the immediate repercussion. And God was reminding them here of the repercussion. It is easier for patients to swallow a bitter pill. Now, if somebody have malaria and they have all the debilitating symptoms, they are shaking, they are dizzy, bone pain, they are vomiting and all those things. Even if you give them a bitter pill, it is easier for them to swallow it. But it is more difficult to get people to use tablet. When, it, when, it, when they feel that I'm, 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 I'm well, for example, if somebody have very, very high blood pressure and you, you as a doctor know that this is dangerous, this patient can have a stroke, this patient can, can have an attack, but the patient can't feel anything. The patient feel well in themselves. It is much more difficult to be able to, <laughs> to be able to actually convince people to use tablet for a disease when they actually don't feel uneasy, <laughs> you see what we are saying? But you know that that high blood pressure is dangerous for their health. Number one, it can cause a sudden danger, a sudden havoc. But much more than that, even if they feel, even if they feel well, that blood pressure is actually progressively, and this is the point, that blood pressure is actually progressively causing irreversible and dangerous damage to their vital organ. And that is why you as a doctor will try to convince them that, look, I know you feel well, I know you feel everything is fine, but you, this blood pressure is killing you gradually and it can cause sudden havoc. And this is exactly what God was telling his people through Malachi, that not paying tight was like having a high blood pressure. It is quiet, but it is dangerous. Now, this is, this is what I want you to see here in this book of Malachi, that it tells us about what was going on in when people, even in that system under the Mosaic law. And I want you to see that actually, when you look at tithe under the Mosaic law, it was not like a, a beast out there. Yes, my point is that it was an obligation, but actually they also have to give it willingly. And that when people, even under the Old Testament, that when people refused to give it, God did not come with sledge and armor. God came to have a conversation with them, to, to talk to them, to have a, a, you know, a conversation to say, actually, you know what? You are harming yourself more than you are harming me. Okay? It's not God you know, bringing down brings. So God is saying, you are hindering me from blessing you. You are, you are the one shutting the door of heaven against yourself. I can't open the door because of what you've done. I cannot stop your, your enemies because of what you've done. 
And this is one of the things I want us to understand as we move forward into the New Testament, because it's going to help us to understand the principle of tithing, the why and the why not of what we then see play out in the New Testament. Now we have to stop here now. The time is far gone. And if you are listening to me, I want you to know that God loves you. If you are not yet born again, what are you waiting for? There is no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, and you should, because this world is coming to a close. You just have to understand and know that you are a sinner, you cannot save yourself. That God has made a provision, is in the cross, person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to the source, ask for help, and you will be given help. You will be saved. You will become a daughter, a son of God, member of his family, citizen of his kingdom. He will begin to work with you. You will begin to grow in your knowledge and in your faith. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.